The Pelicans starting five could hang with any in the league. Why today is a celebration and Pelicans fans, it's time to be happy because this team's future is looking bright. All of that and more with Antonio Daniels in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday special show in honor of Zion Williamson signing his six uh, five-year contract extension. We got Antonio Daniels. Let's just jump right on into it. All right, it is a momentous day for the New Orleans Pelicans. So there's only one person that we could bring on to discuss this and just get us hyped, right? Antonio Daniels of the of the TV broadcast here. AD, thanks for taking the time, man. For sure, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. Like, I, I made it on the Locked On Pelicans broadcast. Mama, I made it. <laughs> I think it's the other way around. You've been on here before. You did it when Chris guest hosted the show, right. but you and I haven't done it done it together, and you're part of Locked On, too, so I'm excited to have you on because it, it's just like a day for celebration, right? The past couple days, I've been telling Pelicans fans, like, take, take a victory lap. Savor this a little bit. This is a huge moment. Seeing Zion in person sign that contract without a player option, we'll get to that, I'm sure. This is as big as it gets right now, I think, for the Pelicans. Agreed. Agreed. And I think you said it the right way, Jake. I, I remember, um, I believe it was before last year. It was before last year. Going on the Pelican spaces with, with Chris Connor, right? And talking to Pelicans fans at that time. And I remember telling them at that time, like, gosh, there's such a, a black cloud, everything that's being said. And they told me at that time, you know what, AD, man? Like, it's been all bad here. It has been all bad here. What I've learned to do in life, Jake, is to celebrate small victories. Celebrate the small victories. I, I don't care how many small victories you have, because eventually those small victories will come out to something bigger. This is a huge victory for the Pelicans and a huge yeah, victory it's not for small. Pelicans fans. <laughs> yeah, a huge victory. Because in signing Zion, what you're doing is you're signing for the next five years your generational talent. We can see different cases throughout this league where things didn't pan out for certain players and certain teams right. But to have an engaged, focused Zion that is 100% on board, if I'm a Pelicans fan, I am hyped. I am hyped. Like you think about all the things that have gone wrong, the national media saying this about Zion, saying this about New Orleans, and no one wants to play in New Orleans, blah, blah, blah. Think about what happened this year with C.J. McCollum, the trade for C.J. McCollum, and the first thing he said when he got off the plane was, New Orleans is where I wanted to be. And now you bring in and sign your generational talent for the next five years. Man, if I'm a Pelicans fan, I'm geeked. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's no other way to put it. This is a massive just victory for the franchise. And as he was signing that deal, right, you could hear some of the drama dissipating into like the wind, I think, a little bit because you can't bring those narratives around anymore. There's no traction to any of them. And, you know, it'll quiet them all down. You said something there, though, I want I want to touch on. I've been kind of calling this Zion 2.0 in a sense. Mm -hmm. And you just said, you know, an all in Zion here. We're seeing that in a way that we haven't before. And I think that's one of the biggest things, right? And maybe there were reasons for that. Maybe it was the injury and him not wanting to be around and not being in the right mental space. And he spoke to that today, but it definitely see, you you see a Zion that's not just saying it with his words, but also following it up with his actions, right? right? Signing the contract extension at the Dryads YMCA, being in New Orleans around the facility, this whole off season, which he hasn't done before, you know, he's in better shape than we've seen in a long time and I I don't like the I mean I agree with you on all of that but you can see he just physically looks better than he has as you said it's it's a Zion that seems like more committed than we've ever really seen before and that's got to feel so good if you're a Pelicans fan and and you know who I give a lot of credit to I give a lot of credit to first David Griffin Trajan Langdon coach Willie Green and the culture that he implemented this year Because what that did is even when Zion wasn't here and he was in Portland and he was rehabbing, he saw what was going on here. So then when he comes back here and he's at shoot around and he's at practices and you see the way that Willie Green conducts himself, you see the way that he empowers his coaches, the way that he communicates with his players. When you are on the sideline and you get an opportunity to watch something special happen, you can't wait to be a part of that something special that transpired. So when this team was three and 16, right? Completely mm-hmm. different thought process at that time to what it was when this team won two playing games versus San Antonio Spurs and then the LA Clippers and then went into Phoenix and won game two. So I remember talking to Zion during that time and him saying, gosh, I want to play so bad. Like, dude, you, you, bro, your time will come. Yeah, we knew he wanted to play. It'll come. <laughs> right, he wanted to play and, and I get it. And you want to play because you are watching something special kind of play itself out right before you. And when something special is playing itself out before you, you want to be a part of it. So then when that season ended, Jake, like you said, it wasn't, it was no longer about words because what people will always say about Zion, oh, why doesn't he say this? Or why doesn't he say that? And I think one of the best mottos in life in general is actions speak louder than words. I don't care what you tell me if you don't follow it with action, but you don't have to say anything and then follow with action and I'm on board. And what Zion has done, he has not said a lot, but he sure has done a lot. And you, you just mentioned and referenced a lot of it and getting in shape, best shape I've seen him in in quite some time, being around the facility, being around the guys, being, he has now infused himself into the community. That's huge. That's huge when you're making yourself feel like a part of the New Orleans Pelicans community. Like, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It has nothing to do with words. And it hasn't had anything to do with Warren for me when it came to Zion. It's all about the actions that he has displayed since the season has been over. 
No, look, and the biggest one, you know, other than obviously signing the contract and everything he's doing, it's, mm-hmm. it's the no player option, right? You know, there's it sounds like there might be some protections in there. We'll see those all come out in the future. And I don't think they matter, right? Because that only matters, as I've been saying, if they cut Zion, and that's not going to happen no matter what. <laughs> you know, the no player option, right? It just simply says, like, I want to be here. That's as big of a commitment as you can make, not getting out of this contract a year early and going to chase, you know, another team or get more money. It's I am fully committing to you similar to what Brandon Ingram did. And to have two all-star level players, you know, both having made an all-star team here and Zion getting all NBA votes, both of those guys said, I want to be here. It took some of their flexibility away. That is a powerful statement. That is a powerful action. I think, you know what that's called Jake changing the narrative. That's what <laughs> we need. We probably need like a running counter on that on that phrase, oh, right? Changing sure. the narrative on me. That, that, that's <laughs> the like, definition. Check we it can off. Has, hashtag won't bow down. We can hashtag change the narrative. We can hashtag keep the receipts. It's all going to come back around. <laughs> and right now, what we have had the opportunity to see, and, and this is the blessed part of the journey. This is the blessed part of the, the Willie Green experiment is where this team started and where this team ended in a matter of one NBA season. It's crazy. This team was 1-12. This team was 3-16. and 16. And I remember going on spaces with Chris Conner. It was dark time. times, man. <laughs> oh, it was. And I remember telling Pels fans at that time, it's going to be all right. This team's going to be fine. I will never blow smoke. I won't. I was speaking at that time on what I was seeing every day in practice. This was obviously prior to C.J. McCollum coming prior to Larry Nance coming, prior to Tony Snell coming. But what I saw at that time was a team that at three and 16 or at one and 12 had not let go of the road. What I saw was a team at one and 12 and three and 16 still came in to shoot around every day, full of life, full of energy, full of excitement. What I saw in this team was a coach that knew how to communicate and make guys feel like the best version of themselves. So when you see that, I don't care what the record says at that time in being 316, and I told the Pales fans at this, I remember standing outside of the bus on a road game. <laughs> I remember that one. Standing outside the bus on, on Twitter spaces telling Pales fans, it's going to be all right. It's going to all right. I promise you, this team is going to be okay. Now, I got called a couple names. I got called a couple names <laughs> along the way. Cool. That's all right. I'll, I'll take that. I will take that. But to watch this team climb out of a 3-16 and hole, play 500-plus basketball, take the best team in the league record-wise and push that team to six games, to watch the turnaround in this team, this is why I say right now, Pell's community, Pell's fans should be more excited and united than they've ever been. It, it, we'll get into that in the next segment here because there's something I want to say about that. I know you have something too. Last thing for here though, you know, when you talk about Willie Green, I, I text with Todd Graffanini a lot and he texted me early on in the season when they were struggling and his text to me out of like nowhere one day just said, in Willie, we trust. Dead on about that. What he's done in that locker room in the culture, right? You know, Zion, when he was in Portland, he came back early prior to when they were expecting him to be back with the team because those guys were having so much fun. I was a former general manager in the league I was talking to at one point. You know, I said one of the most important things to watch during a game when you're in the arena and you can see all this is how do those players act when one of their their teammates scores or has a big player? They up, jumping down, 
going crazy, right? Or are they just sitting down and like quietly, like golf clapping or something like that? And that tells you a lot about that franchise. These dudes, I'm worried they're going to get get hit by the refs with how they're partying kind of on the sideline during some of this stuff. And it tells you a lot, I think. You know what, though, Jake? I felt like that was one of the things. I, 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 I've, seen fake, I've seen fake hustle. I've seen fake excitement. I've seen guys cheer for each other because they have to and they know the camera's on them. And then there is authentic cheering where you legitimately want to see the guy next to you succeed. And what I said throughout the course of this year, what you're seeing from this Pelicans team is sustainable because it's authentic. When something's authentic, you can sustain it. When it's fake, it's hard to sustain it because it's difficult work trying to be someone else or do something that you're not comfortable doing. When Jose Alvarado was not playing one minute this season, he was still the most excited guy on the bench. You would think that when this team was 3-16 and and someone scored and they're dragging each other down the floor and so on and so forth, you would think this was a championship team at the time from the way that they were cheering for each other. But you know what? That's what makes what they accomplished so great. Because when you quote unquote got it out the mud together, when you were one and 12 and three and 16 together, and you were, as you said, dark days and rock bottom, and then you climb out of that together and you start to ascend together, man, there's no better feeling than that. There is no better feeling. It seems like it. They love they they love these guys. It's why Pelicans fans love this team so much. And you can really see the love from the city. We'll talk about that. Let's. It's, it's a reflection it's great, of the right? It's it's uh, it's the first time you know everyone says that, right? Like every NBA GM and coach say, we want to play like our city. We want to be reflective of the city. And a lot of the times, as you said, right, you can kind of tell when things are fake, and people say the same mm-hmm. stuff. You get it here, though. Like it's tough to kind of quantify and say. Maybe that just means I'm bad at my job here. But you really feel that watching this team, particularly in the playoffs, go at that Phoenix Suns team and you know never backing down against them. And it's been, it's why everyone loves this and why you know when trades get brought up, people are like, wait a second, they're kind of upset about that. Which we'll touch on coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com, my favorite sponsor because I use them all the time and I save so much money. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So don't go in there and spend more money than you need to or buy a part that doesn't fit. You get to save time and money and get what you want when using rockauto.com. Don't choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. And look, if you don't work on your cars, that's okay. It's going to need to go into the shop at some point. You can make it cheaper. Order the part off rockauto.com. Only pay for the labor you're still going to save a bunch of money. They're going to order a part for you there. They're going to charge you more on it. And then they're going to probably take a little something more on the top just because why not? They can. You're there. You need your car fixed. Order the part you need from rockauto.com. Take it to the mechanic. They'll put it in for you. Take care of everything. Problem solved and you save some money. And look, if you work on your car yourself, you can find whatever parts you want at whatever price points you want. Performance parts, they have it. You need brake pads and you just want to kind of get through the city. You don't need to stop like a race car. That's okay. You can get them for a little bit cheaper too. It's where I get all of my parts for all of the cars that I work on. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's the Zion contract, free agency. I'm really excited about Summer League, and the Pelicans have the second best odds to win Summer League here. Today, we're talking with Antonio Daniels, day after uh, Zion Williamson signs a max deal. As we've been saying, right, big day for celebration. Like, people should be, we should still have fireworks going off, I think, in the city of New Orleans here. Some Griff said, and I think you probably agree with this, right, is by signing this extension and kind of committing to the future, you know, it kind of puts everything in the past and just we can kind of close the door on a lot of that. In the in Chris Connor spaces, which you've mentioned a couple of times here, you know, at one point, I remember you were in there saying everyone probably in this Zion and the team has things they wish they could redo and you can't go into the past and change it. But now with this contract extension it's all about the future it's not about anything that's been written or said in the past like whatever that is who cares anymore right we can kind of just move on from all of that that's a really freeing feeling i think for pelicans fans for people in the media too and just for the team in general to be like oh yeah the future's bright and we get to look towards all of that so when's the last time that as a Pelicans fan, you can utter those words and believe it. <laughs> it's the been, future been a is long time, I mean, honestly. I it's, probably Zion, it's probably Zion draft night, right? Because immediately after that, after summer league, after preseason, he hurt his knee and missed half of that season. And it just felt like the same cycle repeating itself. So it was probably when he was right. drafted, which was a, a celebration day. But I'm going to tell you the difference from when Zion was drafted to the future being bright. Zion was drafted and that team that finished prior to didn't make the playoffs you know what i mean so basically you're saying the future is right because you're hoping that zion's a generational talent so now i'll say the future is right because of what we saw this year the future is right because we saw zion have a historic year the future is bright because we've seen brandon ingram take the quote unquote proverbial step not just as a scorer but as a leader and a facilitator the future's bright because you brought in a guy in C.J. McCollum who is an excellent league guard and has not missed the playoffs since he's been here and is a servant leader. The future is bright because of head coach Willie Green, his willingness and understanding to communicate with these guys, his willingness and understanding to relate to his players. The future is bright because we saw guys outperform their expectation this past season. We saw Jose Alvarado out outplay he's looking really good right now for puerto rico too (laughs) right we saw herb jones who was a second round pick become one of the best individual defenders in this league there are too many reasons to to kind of explain why the future is bright it has nothing to do with getting the number one overall pick in the draft it has to do with the collection of awesome players whose skill sets complement each other that love being around each other and they are very well coached that's why the future is bright for this team. No, absolutely. And everyone is is bought in, right? Like, you're not really for worried sure. about anyone being like, I want out, right? Like, no one's feeling that, you know. Griff has talked about being all the way in or all the way out, right? You've got to be all the way in if you're here to be here. And that's like everyone on the team. Like, everyone is all the way in. And that is... It's just a good feeling after things that have happened in the past. And like, I get kind of the apprehension from the fan base with what's happened in the past, but now we can kind of just say like, we're closing the door on that. We're just looking forward because there aren't these worries that we, you know, to to be concerned about. That's called building culture, Jake. That's how culture (laughs) is 
You know, when, when you hear that everybody's all the way in, it, it, that's brick by build, brick, building something special in New Orleans. And that's why all year long, I started to hashtag change the narrative. Because it's changing. Yeah. New Orleans is no longer that team or that city that people are going to look at and say, oh, well, you know what, this and that, and no one wants to play there. And they're not a playoff team. They, that, them days are gone. Them days are gone. You know, it's so interesting now going on different platforms and having the same conversations now with people that I've had with in the past. And it's amazing how the tune has changed, how the tune has changed, how the narrative has changed. Where before it was, oh, well, you know what? No one wants to really go to New Orleans. CJ McCollum shouldn't go to New Orleans because they're not going anywhere. Zion's not going to re-sign the extension because this team, oh, David Griffin, oh, Trajan Langdon, all this stuff. Now I'm going on these same national programs and these same national we've seen you do um, it. <laughs> right, these same national podcasts and these same national radio shows. And I have watched the same people who said what they said about New Orleans in the past eat their words. Eat their words. Without spending too much time on this, because I don't think we want to do that, you know, it's interesting to see the national media be like, oh, yeah, Kevin Durant should look at the Pelicans. Kevin Durant should want to play for that team. It, in a million years, did I ever think that national media would be saying that about the New Orleans basketball franchise? Never. And now they're looking at this group and being like, oh, that's a great situation to be in. That tells you a lot, right? Like, what, what, regardless of what you think about Durant or not, and that's not what we're here to talk about today, right? Just the fact that People are mentioning New Orleans in such a positive way, right? Changing the narrative about how people feel about this team. It being a good situation to go to. Most people don't say that. And things have completely turned around. No, they have it in the so past. Right. They yeah. have in the past, Jake. They have in the That's past. That's true. Those days are gone. I'm telling you, those days are gone. When you have young talent, when you have young talent, elite talent, generational talent, Young, elite, generational talent will draw people to you. It will draw people to you. You know, when you have a Zion, when you have a Brandon Ingram, when you have the up-and-coming guys like Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Jackson Hayes, these guys, and then leaders, veteran leaders, like Jonas Valanciunas and C.J. McCollum, yeah, you know what people are doing on the outside? They may not be talking, but they're looking. Like, man, that's an awesome situation. I don't know how many times I've heard this year from different players on other teams or different broadcast teams, man, Willie Green seems like such an awesome coach to yeah. play for. People are watching what is transpiring in New Orleans. They are watching this team grow together. And some people say that publicly, like Donovan Mitchell has heaped effusive praise on Herb Jones. He doesn't need right. to do that, right? Chris Paul's a very petty player. And for him to say some of the things he was saying about Jose Alvarado in a positive way, who was giving him fits at times in that series, like that's a, that's a Hall of Fame coming out and be like, kid, is a player and he is a handful. That is, it's a good thing. Look at how everyone talks about Willie Green, the league. Right, the amount of respect that he has, as you said, it's changing the narrative and it's closing kind of the door on the past. So let me ask you this. Do you think that needs to apply to Pelican's Twitter too? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and, and I was great. I was just great to say that at, at a time where the Pelican's Twitter community should be more excited and more united. I don't think I've ever seen it more splintered than what it is right now. I don't think I've ever seen that. Like where, the thing that we have to understand 
being a part of this Pelicans community as a whole, all 12 of us, so to speak, is <laughs> the national media has spent enough time beating down the city of New Orleans and the New Orleans Pelicans. We should be stronger than we ever have been together. So yeah. it's different when the national media is beating you down and then you're also beating down each other. So when I open Pelican's Twitter quite often, what I see is people going at each other and arguing back and forth and people blocking other people because they did all this other kind of stuff. And that's not how it should be. That is no, like right now with the excitement surrounding this team, like you said, with a like uh, Zion signing the extension. So now you have a Zion long term. You have a CJ. You have a Brandon Ingram. You have the young talent to grow with. Excitement around this team should be united and it should be contagious. The last thing you should see every time you open Pelican Twitter is guys and women constantly fighting back and forth and arguing back and forth about whatever it may be. I don't grasp that concept. It's, I think it comes from like a place of love to a certain degree, right? Because it's about one thing and losing some of the guys on this team and it shows how much they care about this franchise. You know, when I've worked in customer service, I always kind of liked when customers would come in angry because it meant they cared and that's probably a good thing rather than being kind of ambivalent about it. But as you said, right, like, everything's good for the team right now. Like life's good. There should be whatever happens. One is out of our control. I can't make the trade. Even if I feel strongly one way or another about any situation. And I don't really try and put that out here, right? I want the listener to kind of make up their mind and I try and present both sides. Here's why you make a trade. Here's why you don't. You decide, right? I don't try and push an agenda or a narrative like that, but people just feel a little too strongly in all of that. And I think it would help just like life's good. We're all happy. No matter what, this team is going to be competitive and good next year. And they're going to have guys that you like, and they're going to be, you know, you can have a winning team that's not fun to root for, right? The, the, the Nets are probably an example of that. I can't imagine being a Nets fan right now, even if they're good, because that team just seems miserable. It's not the case here. We should kind of savor these moments, because look, and the NBA can change. And things change in a heartbeat fast. in this league. Things change really fast. The thing that, that, that's different is I, I think, and I'm speaking to Pelican's Twitter, but it's also a part of life. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to disagree. You know, it, yeah. it's so, I, I mean, in life as a whole, I, I know I, I'll, I'll say, say this, you know, speak freely, certain things for me are non-negotiable but in, in life as a whole. You can disagree with me and I'm okay with that. Anything sports, you can disagree with me. I'm okay. You know what I mean? life that's different it's okay to disagree on this we can disagree on that there are certain things in life life to me that are non-negotiables to disagree on though. i see people say all the time you know what well, we can disagree and we can still be friends yeah that sounds fantastic if we racism i don't think we can be <laughs> friends you know what i mean like there are right. certain things for me yeah. that are non-negotiables but what about sports right we also have to understand that regardless of our opinions None of us impact what's going to happen. So we can feel however no. it is that we want to feel. But none of us can impact. Like David Griffin is going to look at Twitter and be like, oh, man, that dude put this up on the trade machine. Let me do that in real life. No, that's not how it works. We only have control. Look, but what I'm saying is the bigger picture. A couple years ago, if that was the case. Right. Right. 
they always say, you know what, as a coach or as a general manager of basketball operations, if you listen to the fans like that, you'll soon be sitting with them, which makes all the sense <laughs> in the world. Do what you yeah. feel like is best for the organization. Bigger picture here, though, Jake, is yeah. I'm calling, I'm calling publicly for Pell's Twitter to pull together. That's all. Just to pull together. Don't be so splintered. There's enough outside variables against us as a whole. And I know because I've gone on many platforms throughout the course of this year and defended New Orleans and defended the Pelicans and defended New Orleans Pelican fans. So now I know what the national media's thought process is about the Pelicans a lot of the time. It is about New Orleans a lot of the time. The last thing we need to do is get it from the outside and then slowly but surely kill ourselves from the inside. If they gonna dish it from the outside, as New Orleans Pelicans fans and Twitter, we should be back to back, ready to take on anybody that's stepping in New Orleans the wrong way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd be willing to bet once Summer League starts this weekend, you'll start to really see people get united back again, and especially once the season starts. And it's like, this is the roster. You got to go to battle with them. That's what it's going to be, and it's time to back them no matter who's there, even if someone you wanted to be there isn't. And look, it sounds like from David Griffin's press conference today, this is probably going to be the team with some minor tweaking around the edges just because of roster spots and all that. But let's, can we talk about the rookies coming up here next in a second and, and touch on them really quickly and then we'll get you out of here because I know we've gone a little bit long here, but I think people are excited for Summer League, some of these young guys too. And let's get them hyped again, right? That sounds kind of good. I, I don't, you know, I, I tell you the weird thing, Jake. I don't know yeah. a ton about the rookies. I don't know a ton about them. You know, I, I haven't seen a lot of them. I've watched some film on some, you know what I mean? I've seen, but to me, I just, Summer League to me is different. I, I, I stand by this forever because it's a no-win situation. It's a no-win situation. If a guy plays well, you know what we say? Oh man, you know what? He's playing against guys that aren't even gonna be on the team. It's, so it's Summer League, right? Yeah. Right, it's Summer League. But if a guy performs badly, we call him a bust and say that they should have drafted someone else. So it basically becomes a no-win situation for the guys coming in. I watched Chet Homer a couple nights ago put on a show. And that I actually awesome. tweeted, like, golly, like his skill set is impressive. You don't believe how many people responded, like, oh, well, it's just Summer League. Oh, his body's not going to hold up. Oh, well, what about when he's playing against grown men? Yeah, they said the same thing about Zion. You know? Yeah. Not the body part, but as far as what it's like to play against grown men. And then we watched him come in and have a historic dominant season. Hold that thought for a second because I got a question for you on that. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given the coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in delicious, chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. It's awesome. This is the best flavor they have. And guess what? They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and all delicious. So the coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going to sell fast because these things taste amazing. I've already ordered a box. 
All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And the best part about the Built Puffs, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt free because they are actually good for you. It's the perfect treat and perfect for when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you're in need of a quick, healthy snack. And look, they're an excellent source of protein. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Of course, watch on YouTube and comment down below. Let us know how excited you are for this Pelican season. We got Antonio Daniels on here talking all things Zion, the extension. Like It's just a tremendous day. I'm so excited. I think Pelicans fans are too. This has been a lot of fun and it puts a lot of that drama and bad narratives to bed. As AD has been say, saying, it's changing the narrative. Narrative. So Summer League starts this weekend. You know, I, I think you make a good point, right? Like Summer League is often a no-win situation for any player. Is there anything you look for in particular when watching these Summer League games then? Is there something that it's like, oh, I want to see that or yes. I hope they do this? Yeah, for me, what stood out to me last year during Summer League was how hard they played for Willie Green. How hard they played. And every coach says that. Every coach says, you know what, we want to play hard. We want to play with energy. We want to play with effort. We want to play with passion. And then the game started, you don't see it. I watched Najee Marshall last year, who was already on the contract, diving on the floor for loose yeah. balls. I watched Najee Marshall taking charges last year. When you have guys that have experience, actually have NBA experience leading the way, so this year to be Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado, uh, Trey Murphy, these guys, obviously not for a long time, but while they're out there, I watch how hard guys play. I watch the effort and I watch the skill set. I watch the confidence. It's not really about the stats for me because guys yeah, totally. want to play well, then they're not going to play well. I want to see like a guy, I want to see Dyson Daniels. I want to see his skill set. How does his skill set like translate to this level? What does he do well? What does he need to work on? I want to see EJ. I want to see how his physicality and how he played at Ohio State, how does that translate to this level when you're playing another level up? So for me, it's not really about stats. It's not if somebody's dominating or not dominating. It's how do they fit in to the NBA? How does their game translate to the NBA game? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly kind of it, right? You kind of want to see them like belong more or less, right? I don't care right. if they go out and like blow people away. It's like prove that you're just more or less an NBA player and you're a rookie. So no one's expecting you to be, to, to light it up, to necessarily be particularly good. I think for like the established guys, right? Like Jose, in terms of on court stuff, he's got nothing to prove here. Same for Najee, same for Trey. Those guys have already done it. They don't need to prove anything to me. It seems like, though, this could be a good opportunity for them to develop some of that leadership side of things. You know, sure. these are going to be the guys leading the team, like making sure that those guys are playing with that intensity, playing with passion. And if they see some of the other young guys, whether those guys are going to be on the team or not, and there's some guys that will be in Birmingham, there's going to be a bunch of guys that aren't going to be in the NBA. But can you coach them up, you know, as a player, as a peer? And I think that seems kind of important to me in this. Am I wrong on that? Or is this a good proving ground no. for some of that? I, I, think, I think you're spot on. And, and I know for me, Jake, I think one of the best uh, things that happened last year was Trey Murphy and Jose Alvarado going to Birmingham. What that did for their confidence. Going down there, getting reps, um, getting shots. Trey Murphy, when he came back from Birmingham, was a completely different player confidence-wise. 
Jose Alvarado, when he went down to Birmingham and he came back up, it was almost like a light went on. Like, man, I remember having a conversation with him on the plane. Like, dude, it's not a situation of whether or not you should be here. You should know now that you belong here. Now it's just time to go out and prove it. So these are also the guys, the Jose's, the Trey's, and the Najis that also you are looking to set the stone, set the standard, set the tone in practice. They may not be playing a game, but they're practicing as well. So when your best players are your hardest workers, you're going to have a successful summer league. Yeah, look, the Pelicans are uh, second best favored to to win it all and potentially go undefeated, which I think is kind of fun. And I know Pelicans fans love summer league; they love seeing the new guys, and it gives you just it's you know as we've been saying, right? It's kind of like a fresh page. It feels like to an extent with this team. You know, any kind of final thoughts on the Zion extension? Anything you know you're particularly excited about next season? You know, with them integrating Zion, I know Willie Green said he can't wait to coach him, and I'm sure that right. is very true. And the way he said he can just fit in with all of these guys and what he brings to the table. And people forget, right? Zion was getting all NBA votes his second year and was doing things we haven't seen. And as I said, Zion 2.0, right? Because he also has 40 million extra dollars on the table to make one of those all NBA teams. I would be motivated. You'd get the best podcast ever if I had some sort of incentive like that. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited for what we're going to see from him this year. So, so, so what you're saying right now is this isn't the best Jake Madison that's out there. That's what you're saying. So if I gave you 31 <laughs> Maybe. more million dollars, I would get a different version. Is what you're telling me? Uh, I'd probably have makeup on. I'd make sure there's no gray in my beard here, so that I looked really, okay. really good and everything. Okay. <laughs> no, I, you know that, that's a that, that's a good point though, man. Like. I'm excited, and I know that sounds simplistic, but if you put, I will put that starting five against any starting five in this league, man to man, top to bottom, because I tell you what, this is a offensive-based league, right? Yeah. When you look at Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, how do you stop that? And I'm not speaking from a fan's perspective. I'm speaking from the fact that what this is going to do, it not just makes your starting five better, it makes your bench better. Because now you can stagger one of those three guys or two of those three guys where now they're coming off your bench and playing with Trey Murphy and playing with Jose Alvarado, playing with a Larry Nance, those kind of guys. So this just bolsters your team as a whole. There were two teams last year, Jake, who's yes made really good runs last year and their best player didn't play one rep the la clippers with Kawhi leonard and the new orleans pelicans one of those two teams made the playoffs and one didn't though so can you imagine taking a generational talent like zion williamson and now implementing him with a playoff already experienced roster come on man no, I know. And you're like, how do you stop that? It's like a rhetorical question, right? And it's, it's going to keep opposing coaches up at night. Pelicans were 600 when both CJ and Brandon Ingram played. 60% winning 60% of their games. And you get to add Zion yes, into no that. Zion. Yes. And, and you yes, saw, team, no you saw it in the playoffs, right? There, there were some offensive stretches where things went stagnant because they committed two to BI. And he, he still scored almost 30 points per game during all of that, but there were stretches where that didn't work. And CJ was f- very clearly feeling the effects of a, l- a little bit of lack of space. I think, well, Z- Zion fixes that you can't double BI. 
And you're going to get some space with Zion because they will leave, I think, CJ McCollum open to double Zion down low. They're going to leave someone open and you just need those guys to make opponents pay. You don't necessarily need them, I think, to space the court for him because I don't think there is spacing the court for Zion. Not when you shoot there 70% at the rim, right? Like There is. There okay. is. That's why I'm calling for it. I'm, I'm, for me, my, my dude this year. What we're going to see this year, I, I believe, Jake, is this will be the first time we will get an opportunity to see why Trey Murphy was drafted. I, I figured this that's is where why you're Trey going. Murphy was drafted. Yeah, this is why. So when you look last year, the part that was tough was when you go into the draft, you go into the draft to pull out and draft guys whose skill set complement your stars. So whose skill sets complement Zion and also Brandon Ingram. Right? That's what you got. That's what you draft for. Now yeah. you take Zion away from that equation. Now there's there's 10 eyes on Brandon Ingram every time. Put a guy down there that you have to pay attention to. Give a man and a half to him. Give a man and a half to Brandon Ingram. I'm not a math major, but down there leaves two guys left. That leaves two <laughs> on four on the weak side of the floor. Right? Two on three on the weak side of the floor. Watch the amount of ABC three-point shots that Trey Murphy gets this year. That he didn't get last. Oh, I bet. I'm excited. I, this is going to be a big year for Trey Murphy. Huge. He's huge. So what I meant was, I think teams are still going to double Zion at least early on for the first half of the season, and they, they'll leave Trey Murphy open, right? And then for once sure. Trey starts hitting those threes, over the course of the season, that scouting report's going to change. The game plan's going to change. You said, okay, we can't, we can't leave him open because he's burning us from three. The dude's shooting 40% from three. You know, that's the equivalent of what Zion shoots at the rim, which is just how good he is. And it speaks more to Zion that coaches are just terrified of him. But once those other guys hit those threes, when CJ's draining them, when Trey Murphy's draining them, it's a pick your poison, right? And at a certain point, they will guard those guys. And that leaves Zion open more or Brandon Ingram open more. And it's as you said, how do you defend that? And now this is locked in, right? Six more years of Zion here and what he can do to this team. And we should all be celebrating. No question about it. No question about it. Celebrate your small victories. But, Jake, celebrate it together in Pell's Twitter. Celebrate it love together. It. You know, enough of the beating each other down, enough of the blocking each other, enough of the calling each other out their name. Like, man, this is a day of celebration. You had a generational talent today sign on the dotted line and say that he wants to stay in New Orleans alongside Brandon Ingram, alongside C.J. McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones, Larry Nance, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is a day of excitement. As a Pales fan, you should be incredibly excited to watch this team and be a part of this team turning the corner. That's where we're going to end it. You said it's best. I don't, I don't want to go much longer than that. That's the right point to end on. So I'm Jake Madison, host of Locked on Pelicans, at Nola Jake on Twitter. He's Antonio Daniels, at if you don't follow him for some reason, at adaniels33. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. That's it. That's all I got. He, he, he did it.